1: Good morning to Southern Middle Tennessee. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. It's a cold Wednesday out there, folks. Stay warm. Bundle up. The new year officially kicks off. It's always, this is always the week I think of where everybody <coughs> gets back to work. You know, we sort of slow down between Christmas and New Year's uh, and reflect, slow down a bit. But uh, this is the week where we always get back to work. So it's get back to work time, folks. It's it's good. It's a good thing. Just to remind you, this show, Three News with a View, our other locally produced shows uh, are all on podcast. You can find them on our website. Go to the WKM website or WKRM website. You can find the podcast there. You can also find the podcast of this show on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. If you want to watch us live, you can go to the WKOM website right now. Watch us live, or if you want to watch uh, video of old um, old uh, broadcast of this show, you can find those at the WKOM website. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning, man. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Jeff, start the bus again this morning. Uh, Tiffany actually had
0: the got the bus going this morning. So, uh, but but yes, the bus was was, was going. So,
1: uh, Clayton being the man with five children, they start up that school bus every school day, and he's gone. That's right. They they have gone back to school. Dude number one, Mister Jim York. I heard from him yesterday. He's been down in Louisiana spending time with friends and family, and he is on his way home. Should be back with us tomorrow. Can't wait to welcome Mr. York back and hear about what he's been doing, especially all that delicious Louisiana Cajun food he always talks about when he comes back. We have a special guest with us today, Mr. Des Dickerson. Good morning, Des.
2: Good morning. I guess I'm the substitute this morning. The substitute, yeah, you are.
1: <laughs> Except, uh,
2: believe it or not, folks, just briefly, we get a
1: Des Dickerson welcome, and uh, he is formerly the front uh, lead guitarist for Prince Prince and the Revolution uh, and uh, that is quite a story we're going to talk a little bit about that he he, and Tom Price Dez and Tom Price have done a whole uh, show together talking about Dez's life uh, growing up how he became a guitarist as a young man joined up with Prince and uh, then moved on to other things what what I love about Des Dixon most though is he now lives right here in Columbia. Absolutely, I could throw a rock and, and land on the sidewalk out here from my house. There you go. And you uh, are the founder and the pastor of a local church,
2: correct? Mm-hmm. Called We Are Here. We Are Here. Mm-hmm. And where does We Are Here meet? We actually meet at Westminster Presbyterian. We're, we're sharing facilities over there right now. And, you know, in, in the future, we'll, we'll move into something, uh, something of our own. But we actually started the church in 2017. We were a, a downtown Nashville church. We actually met in a rock venue. That, oh, wow. Uh, got closed down during covid and uh, so we ended up kind of going underground online for about two years and reemerged in columbia so the name of the church is we are here i assume it's a christian church yes it is is does it have a denominational flavor of any type no my my wife and i both grew up lutheran actually we were baptist before we were lutheran i think my mom got mad at somebody we became lutheran but um you know i i I was one of those guys that uh just kind of went to the far country for about 10 years of my life and did everything I thought I wanted to do when I was miserable. So uh, I, I left Lutheran, but I came back non-denominational. So. There you go. Oh. He's back. Yeah. And, folks, I, I'll, I'll confess, Des, when
1: Tom Price first told me he was having in the... Uh, Lead guitarist for Prince and the Revolution, you know. I I expected some whacked out dude with needle marks all up his arms, and <laughs> you know. And and, uh, and uh, folks, let me tell you, Des Dixon is exactly the opposite. is just a, a fine Christian gentleman, and it's a pleasure uh, to gotten to know him. Some. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, and we're gonna talk more about all that. First of all, though, Clayton and I have a nomination for Tennessean of the Year, two thousand and twenty three. Uh, his name is Mr. Terrence Allen Hayes. Uh, Mr. Hayes, I, I, uh, long ago, before I was a federal prosecutor, I was a state prosecutor. And we used to call uh, Mr. Hayes, what Mr. Hayes has been charged with here, a collective charge of general worthlessness. <laughs> um, and, and, and Mr. Hayes, uh, Clayton uh, he, he got drunk, stole a Jeep. Uh, drove it into a police car and then got in a fight with the officers and uh, our very own Ron Jordan ran a report on it we're going to play it for you Thomas Terrence Allen Hayes uh, Three dudes with the Views uh, nominee for Tennessean of the Year here's the report A man is facing 20
0: charges after he allegedly rammed his stolen Jeep into an officer's patrol car, crashed into another car while evading police, and fought with an officer on Christmas Eve. Police say 29-year-old Terrence Allen Hayes was caught with fentanyl, cocaine, methamphetamine, marijuana, THC pills, a handgun, digital scales, cash, and multiple empty beer cans. Hayes was observed to be intoxicated as officers took him into custody.
2: Oh, well, there wow. we go. Three dudes. <laughs> I just have to say that's more rock and roll than anything I've ever done in my life. I would say that fits the category of general worthlessness.
1: <laughs> Mr. Wow. Hayes, you know, Mr. Hayes, he, he, he's a man who goes big or goes home. <laughs> I'm telling you what. He had just a little bit of everything, it appears. So. I did have another case where they had a fellow... He was drunk driving a, a, a wheelchair down the street, <laughs> and they pulled him over and and uh, said, "If you had anything to drink, and I can't remember exactly what it was, uh, you know, I've smoked two joints, done a few pills, uh, you know, done a few shots of whiskey, and that kind of thing." And and the officer goes, uh, well, you are drunk?" And the fellow goes in the wheelchair. Goes no, I'm just right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. There we go. Terrence Allen Hayes, Tennessee end of the year by uh, three dudes, and, and it's all in fun. I, you know, I wish no ill will on Mister Hayes. I hope he gets his problems worked out. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit with Tez Dickerson. Just. Um, Again, if you want to really know the whole story about Des Dickerson, Tom Price, those of you who follow History's Hook uh, know what a great job Tom does. And you can go to the WKOM website or wherever you get your podcast, find History's Hook with Des Dickerson and Tom Price. And uh, Tom did a full hour with Des, talking about his life and his career. And it, it's great radio. Those of you who are History's Hooks fans will will know what to expect but as you grew up in the minneapolis saint paul area mm-hmm. and uh took up with the guitar at
2: a very young age 14 14 i uh committed my life to it and uh you know by the time i was 15 my folks had to write me notes to get out of school early on fridays to to go play in you know east crevice south dakota or whatever and, before we could drive, you know, our, our criterion for hiring our first roadie was he had to have a license, because nobody in the band did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and eventually, of course, uh, Prince himself is from the Minneapolis-St. Paul mm-hmm. area. He was from Minneapolis. I was from okay. St. Paul. So, you know, I was on the other side of the river. But, it, you know, it's really one big town. And you hear about, you know, the, the urban legends that kind of rise up. And, uh, you know, Prince was one of those sort of the, through the music stores and, and that whole network you hear about this kid that plays, you know, 18 instruments and about to get signed with Warner Brothers and that whole thing. So And
1: eventually uh, a call went out uh, from... Uh, Prince in the Minneapolis St. Paul
2: area looking for a guitar player, correct? Absolutely. And I decided if that train was leaving town, I was going to be on it. So, How I, old were you then? I was, uh, I believe, 21, 22. Okay. And he had auditioned, they had auditioned like a 100 different guitar players in New York and L.A., came back to Minneapolis, kind of almost as an afterthought. They decided to audition people in, in their hometown. And I was the first and the only guy that auditioned, got the job. And the, the rest was history, I guess, as they say.
1: And and the, so you were with Prince for a, a, a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, five and years. Five years. And folks, he's, we're, we're going to play a little bit of it here in a minute, but he's, uh, well known in professional circles, circles and outside of, by music people who follow music as the man who played the guitar solo in Red Corvette. Yeah, which, but that's that's the the claim
2: to fame, I guess.
1: That's 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 part of the claim to fame, <laughs> although. Uh, after hearing your life story, you there's a just a whole lot more to it than playing for Prince, and, including your latest venture with uh, the We Are Here Church, uh, and we're glad to have you here in Columbia doing that. Thank you. uh, so, you're you're with Prince now. I think you 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 y'all shot to fame your red corvette solo and the red corvette was a big hit yeah. and uh other hits were
2: had in there this in this period of time would have been when um i was in the band from late 1978 through 1983 and 1983 is when it really took off. I mean, it it started to, you know, trend upward in 81, 82, because the, the press got behind it, Rolling Stone magazine and all the tastemakers. But 83, you know, Little Red Corvette, a song called 1999, those were the biggest hits we'd had. And the big thing was the, they were big MTV video hits back when they actually played videos. Yeah, a yeah, whole different era. Yeah, a whole different era.
1: Wow. And... uh and and of course, y'all had great success. Uh, but you came; your Christian faith was and still is very important to you, and uh, that's part of you know. I, I, I admire that. Um, but you came to a moment, I think, where you were playing in front of a crowd, and and Prince had what Prince had taken the band in the direction of. Uh, I think you told tom price uh, prince said we're going to sell sex yeah that's what it was yeah and you were playing at a venue one evening and you saw what looked like about a nine-year-old girl in the crowd Mm -hmm. and you said to yourself i wouldn't want my nine-year-old girl to be hearing the lyrics that we're playing that we're singing that's right i didn't want my mom to hear much less a nine year
2: old girl and and so that's when you decided to move on from Mm -hmm. what, what did you do after that I left and actually um almost immediately started my own band. I, you know, I shared management with uh with Prince's organization and they got me out on the road opening for a guy named Billy Idol. So okay. I, I, was, I was out with <laughs> Who's <Billy>. that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard of him. So we were out with Billy for almost a year. Um and the the good news was I i was out of the constraints of, of someone else deciding kind of how we were going to present ourselves and you know that that was liberating but at the same time i came to a point after being on the road with billy for a year where i realized that what i needed to do was just come off the road completely and um i just felt you know god tugging on my heart to, okay it's time so i i i Came off the road, kind of pulled back from the music business. There'd be just enough sort of manna. <laughs> I'd get a call. Okay, hey, we want you to come play on this Aretha Franklin record. So I'd go do a thing and, and you know get some money. And it was an interesting time, though it really was. It was the first time since I was 14 years old that I my identity was not formed around what I'd done all that time. There you go. And what led you finally though to Columbia, Tennessee, and the We Are Here Church? So again, I mean I've I've lived in, in uh middle Tennessee, mainly Williamson County for thirty-three years. It'll be thirty-four years in March. I will have lived here as long as I lived in my hometown. Okay. Um but what, what happened was, you know, like I said, we started the church in Nashville, we lived in Franklin, started the church in Nashville, everything got shut down. And during COVID, you know, the city and Williamson County changed dramatically. Um, and one of the things I had always loved about the area was it was a place where people came to to be part of something, to contribute something, to do something, to achieve something. But it became a place where people came <laughs> fleeing the place that they lived in. And and the the quality of, of, of life and everything changed. So we we had been kind of feeling this tug to Columbia for a while. So we got real serious about it in like 2022 and ended up moving about 15 months ago.
1: Well, welcome. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to hear a little red Corvette as we go out.
0: once love fast. guess done. children and that makes it alright. see whatever I got to lose.
1: Okay, let's and I'll get Desi to tell us when we get to the guitar solo that's so famous Desi, should close my eyes
0: when you drove me to the place where
2: your forces run free I when I saw all the Desi, am I seeing you in this music video I'm watching? Yeah, the guy in the headband. The, the skinny guy with all the hair wearing the, the kamikaze headband. Okay. Yeah, that guy. That guy right there. Yeah, I see seen It's been a year or two, though. Yeah. A minute ago. So the solo's coming up after this chorus. Okay.
0: the Rise on the verge of being seen No, baby, give me the keys I'm gonna try to tame your mm-hmm. little baby love machine
1: You on the
2: guitar, yeah, yeah, and and some of the the answering like that vocal line that just went by on, on that album in particular, he gave me the opportunity to do more singing and, and kind of share lead vocals on a couple of things. So it was <clears throat> it was a fun time. That that period of time was was very interesting. Okay, and then it was a total shock. Like two thousand four, one of the big guitar magazines came out with their top one hundred guitar solos of all time, and my solo was like number sixty four. You know long forgotten at least as far as I was concerned but that was that was nice that was nice All right.
1: Des Des Dickerson uh, former lead guitarist for Prince now resident of Columbia, Tennessee pastor of the We Are Here Church Uh, and we're going to finally go right on out to break and we'll be back
0: Hi this is George with The Way Realty please allow me to share a little bit about us we measure our success by the quality of service you receive We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because he changed mine.
1: the View, Wednesday edition, my name is Del Kennedy, I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, uh, warmed the bus up this morning, got all those children delivered where they need to go, and, and for the first time, everybody gets well at your house just in time to go to school, right, Clayton?
0: Del, I'm knocking on wood as you say that, yes, uh, everybody is in school, so... Um... Yeah. It, it was you, a good morning. Good you've morning. had
1: somebody sick in your house the last 2 or 3 weeks, haven't you?
0: Correct. It's uh it really feels like since Thanksgiving somebody's been sick and yeah. um uh, just uh, hopefully, we have literally, I believe, gotten everything that you can get. So uh, hopefully, we're we're going to have a much better 2024 start of
1: 2024. Hopefully, it's done with you. Correct. All right, dude number one, Mister Jim York is on his way back from Louisiana as we speak. He's supposed to arrive back in town today and be back with us tomorrow, and we'll we'll be delighted to have him and hear about what he's been doing and start off the new year with with mr york uh we have with us des dickerson he is the former uh lead guitar player for prince among other things he is now the pastor and founder of the we are here church uh which meets here in columbia out at the westminster presbyterian church every sunday what time does 9 a.m okay 2800 welcome. trotwood welcome des dickerson thank you and uh, the if I seem like maybe you got a facebook page or something
2: for the we are here church yeah the church it's it's we are here u uh, s um so you go to facebook you know dot com slash we are here u s and you can uh we have all of our messages from like the last three years archived because we stream uh, in addition to the live service and um you know that's a great way to kind of have a touch point with the church and find out who we are and what we're about and all that good stuff.
1: There you go. Um and folks the uh I know I'll tell you once again many of you many of you are familiar with Tom Price and the various programs he does which are called History's Hook where he uh interviews people usually with a southern middle tennessee angle involved uh, about various aspects of history and Tom recently did a show with Desi uh which is uh with Des Dickerson about his life uh, and career. And it's a one-hour show. It's a great show. You can go to the WKOM website. You'll find it uh, archived there. Uh, it's out there on podcast or Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And it was fascinating, though. But Des... I, Again, I must confess, Tom said, well, I've got Prince's lead guitarist come in, I <laughs> thought, oh, man, this is going to be... The you guy know, from Motley Crue. Yeah, I be. mean, you know, some whacked-out guy with needle tracks on his arms and, you know, a, a, a lefty loony and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and you're exactly the opposite. Uh, uh, you, you're a conservative. you actually done conservative talk radio. Your Christian faith is very central to you and uh, central to why you felt you had to part with Prince at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, you're conservative. You've done conservative talk radio. absolutely. Uh, and just to give folks context, they can't tell from your voice, you're a black man. Mm-hmm. And I would characterize you as an intellectual. Uh, well, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, just an, an extremely deep thinker. I noticed that when you were speaking with Tom. Mm-hmm. And um, So we'll get into conservative politics here for a minute. But tell me what it was about, you know, real quick, and you need to talk to Tom, your your faith, your Christian faith growing Mm up.
2: You said you grew up a Lutheran in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. We were Baptist because my folks grew up Baptist. My folks are from Clarksville. Okay. And they moved to Minnesota uh, before I was born. Um, But, you know, we – we were in church, my mom had us in Sunday school and vacation Bible school and the whole bit. But see, there's a difference between Christianity and religion. Christianity's relationship, religion tends to be ritual. Okay. So I grew up in ritual. And people were sincere. You know, it's, it's not a knock on anybody. People were sincere. They were doing what they knew to do. And, but, and folks may not know,
1: Minneapolis-St. Paul area is maybe predominantly Lutheran. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: Lutheran and Catholic, but but predominantly Lutheran by yeah. far.
1: Yeah. yeah, whereas here in Columbia we've
2: got a very small Lutheran church. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah all, all the Scandinavians up there. So, but you know, it's it's the typical you you can you can sit in the bread basket, but it doesn't make you a biscuit kind of a thing. We can grow up in church, but that's meaningless because um, the church isn't meant to be an organization. God intended it to be an organism. Okay, It's the expression of his desire to have a family. So like I said, as a young man, rock and roll became more real to me than, you know, Sunday morning. It just seemed like it wasn't really impacting anybody that, you know, within an hour or so of church, that inoculation had worn off and people went back to their lives. So I just went off and followed, you know, my my desires for about 10 years. And like I said, I was doing everything I thought I wanted to do, but I was miserable and the reason is I wasn't doing what God made me to do and to be. One of the, the the we have three pillars in our church. The first pillar is we're God's idea, not the other way around. I was following my idea, but see, I'm God's idea. And if if you are not walking in your design in his, you know, natural design for you, there's going to be it's like driving with the parking brake on. And that's where I was, you know. All the outward stuff, it was like Everything on my, my bucket list. But the more time went on, the more miserable I was. Wow. All right, folks. The We Are Here Church, Des Dickerson's uh,
1: pastor, uh, meets at 9 o'clock out at Westminster Presbyterian every Sunday morning. For more information, go to their Facebook page. Yep. Uh, hugely interesting story. And for more on that story as well, you can uh, go to the Tom Price's Uh, Show with Des Dickerson, which is uh, podcasted out there and archived and all that kind of thing. All right, politics, Des. um, I've been playing things like Let's Walk Away, Renee, and uh, (laughs) uh, Just Walk Away, Renee, or a cover by Cab Moe of uh, Bob Dylan's classic, The Times They Are Mm A-Changing. I'm in fear of 2024 politically. I don't see this nation going on to let's say biden wins mm-hmm. i don't see the nation going on to a happy place and unification and yeah. things getting better but on the same token if trump wins i don't see and of course i'm a trump supporter but i don't see i don't see the nation going on to a happy place where we all uh, where we don't remain divided and uh mm-hmm. and and i'm worried about what the consequences of that may be
2: what are your thoughts well, you know, one of the things I used to talk about on my radio show is the fact that the, the days of agreeing to disagree, the, those days are gone. And, I think you're right. And, and the idea that we can be, you know, red and blue, that we can be right and left and still have some sort of dialogue, that's out the window. It, it used to be... That's what scares me. Well, and that is scary, because we, we've entrenched ourselves in this extremity that, that really, it's it's not... Right versus left, it's reality versus unreality. And that's the scary part, because when people give themselves to unreality, and you can even translate that into biblical principle, when the light that's in you becomes darkness, how great is that darkness? And that's where we are. So that's why you can't have a dialogue and persuade people. I think it was Bibi Netanyahu that said, you can't reason with unreasonable people. And that's where we are right now. You, You can try to argue you know, facts and whatever with someone who's in the unreality of the far left mindset and it it does not matter at all because they are in this mode that I call it it is if I say it is. So what are you going to do with that? You know, if, it's like... The I, old, Des, I think you're so right. And I, that's the basis of my fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but we have to stand, though. That's the thing. We have to do it afraid. It, first, the first thing, I, and I've, I've said this for a long time, we have to acknowledge and accept the fact that it got this way on our watch. You know, I, I'm a baby boomer and, uh, I started out as far left as far left could be. The first three, pre- first two presidential elections I voted in, I voted for socialist candidates. Had an epiphany in, uh, 1988 and, and became a, a very rabid, uh, Republican, you know, conservative at the time. But the thing that I, I became aware of is that this didn't just like befall us. We let this happen, and Christians in particular, you know, we were having church instead of being the church. And, and you know, it, it didn't just happen one day, and we woke up and oh, you know, that the schools and the universities and 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 television and and film and that didn't just happen. We let that happen. So with that in mind, we're, we're going to have to kind of get out the sword and guard the, the lentil patch and, and do what we got to do. And I'm not talking about armed revolution. What I'm talking about is, you know, what in the culture they call being based. Believe what you believe. Stand on what you stand on. Don't back down. Don't be afraid. Um, don't be combative. But at the same time, every chance that you have to live a big life and influence people, do it.
1: There we go. Alright, Des Dickerson, um, pastor of the We Are Here Church here in Columbia, Tennessee, but formerly, in another life, the lead guitarist for Prince and the Revolution.
0: You by the way you
1: Taking a break, I folks. <laughs> This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM,
0: Columbia. Alert, alert!
1: It's Rick from Tillis Jewelry. Did you receive a ring that needs a perfect fit this holiday season? Whether you bought it from us or not, we've got you covered. Our two in-store goldsmiths with 30 years of experience are here to take special care of your cherished piece. We are open December 26th to December 29th, ready to size your ring. Visit Tillis Jewelry on West 7th Street, because when it comes to your precious
2: moments, we've got the perfect fit. Merry Christmas from Tillis Jewelry. extra cash for the holidays from now until Christmas. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service
1: is free. Call the happy face truck today. Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call.
0: Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall,
1: for he that gets hurt will be the one who has stalled. There's a battle outside and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls for the time. They are a change. All right, we're back. Three Dudes with a View. Wednesday edition, a cold Wednesday edition. My name is L. Kennedy. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Good morning. Good morning, Dope. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, is en route from Louisiana back to here, and we are very much looking forward to having him back with us in the morning. We have Dez Dickerson with us uh, in another life long time ago, lead guitarist for. Prince in the Revolution. Now the pastor, now resident of Columbia, Tennessee, Absolutely. And, and pastor of the We Are Here Church, which meets every nine o'clock on every Sunday at nine a.m. out at the Westminster Presbyterian Church. Uh, and we've we've had a fascinating conversation with this. Now Clayton, you wanted to ask him something about Prince, though you you're getting text. Uh, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, so
0: I, I was talking during the break. You know that you know towards the end of. My high school days and going into college, the Chappelle show was huge. And one of the most famous skits on the Chappelle show was the story by Charlie Murphy about him and his brother Eddie and some others playing Prince in basketball and, and, and the revolution. Uh, and I was asking Des during the break. I said, I got to bring this up. I got to ask you about it. Des, you want, want, want to go ahead and mention, uh, uh it, it sounds like
2: it's a pretty true story. It, it's, it's rooted in some truth. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I, Eddie, I, I knew Eddie fairly well. Eddie hung out with us a lot. I didn't know he had a brother named Charlie Murphy, but obviously, Charlie heard the stories. And then when he got involved in the Chappelle Show, he brought the stories over as though they were his stories. So one of the things that we did all the time w- was play basketball. And actually, all sports, you know, flag football, softball. And we did, well, football, not so much. But we we did everything in, in the big, high-heeled, like, rock and roll shoes. So we'd be out, you know, driving the lane and, and, and you know, wearing the garb. But we used to, sometimes we'd rehearse in an arena to, to get the next tour ready and we'd have them set up half court. So when we were on break, we, we would go play and we went hard. I mean, so yes, Prince actually was a good basketball player. He was a great three point shooter. You know, he he'd get in amongst the trees and, you know, sometimes he'd have some problems. Right. But we played basketball and we played against other people all the time. So that like the, the pancakes. No, <laughs> that, that wasn't part of it. And the other thing is, you know, Mickey Free, another good friend of mine, Mickey was not in the mix. I don't know. I don't know how Charlie conflated Mickey with with <laughs> us, but but uh, Mickey's a good dude, and and he's you know he's adopted that whole Mickey Free as a dude. That's his right, right now.
0: Well, that, I mean that's fantastic, <laughs> and, and again it. it was one of the funniest skits Chappelle ever did. When we were talking during the break. Chappelle just released his latest and I think last Netflix uh Netflix special uh on New Year's Eve. So uh if you're out there listening, definitely check that out. I'm he, checking a, it out. A, again, he, he pushes he pushes all the buttons and it's uh you you gotta have a sense of humor like that. Especially Absolutely. in the times that we live in
2: the the comedians are the only ones that are telling the truth in the culture at this point it's pretty amazing, and
0: it's kind of dangerous, and the
2: politicians me. are comic it's ridiculous it really is there you go well des i 'll tell you the
1: um in russia they've just this is true i 'm looking at this news story right now they've just come out with a new uh, history textbook for their eleventh grade students. And among other things, the 11th grade history textbook for young Russians says that the 2020 elections were stolen by Democrats uh, utilizing massive voter fraud. (laughs) (laughs) And the Russians are telling the truth.
2: (laughs) How do you see 2024 playing out politically? See, here's what I've been saying since 2020. That for some reason, it's always been the case. And it's part of why I, I don't self-identify as a Republican. Haven't for years, although I'm still registered Republican. I, I identify as a clear thinker. Every true conservative is a clear thinker, but not every self-described uh, conservative thinks clearly. Okay. So I, I think w- what we have to do is be people who, who are rooted in, in right and wrong. Um, truth and error so with respect to the the republican party and dealing head-on with the challenges and the threats the voter fraud they could have gotten in front of that because it's not like you know democrat the, not just the democrat party structure but just the left in general that includes the media complex and everything else it's not like they didn't telegraph their throw the whole time so in this cycle if and I, my concern is that that yeah, in the, the local, Your throw being voter frog, there's gonna that that's the the strategy is just to cheat again. And my concern is that, that in, in the Republican precincts, there hasn't been enough work done in the legislatures and on the ground to prevent it from happening again. Because if we have, you know, the the kiosks and the mail-in ballots and all this stuff, that's how they do it. And they're just going to do it again. And I can't remember which Republican it was but he was saying, well, you know, we have to do it more like the Democrats do. and And we have to do the early voting. That's not going to change it. The problem is not that we don't vote early the problem is that we only vote one at a time right that's that's the difference <laughs> you know yeah. and as long as you know you don't have dead people voting and folks voting 38 times and it's just we we keep trying to come to a, a gunfight with a rubber knife and you know it won't work
1: well all right let's game this out let me let me uh give you i mean i just again I, that's why the times they are changing walk away renee i don't don't see a way out Uh, the uh uh, let's game this out let's say in detroit philadelphia uh atlanta maybe maricopa county arizona Mm -hmm. good conservatives do as they should they come to and they're entitled they come to watch the polls watch the poll works uh poll workers uh and then at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night in those cities, all of a sudden, once again, they all scream, Stop the count! Yep. Then, okay, game it out. Then, probably, you're going to see a reaction by those conservatives where they storm those polling places. And then, who the heck knows when the courts sort that out or how. But then, guess what happens for the 2028 election? The federal government surrounds all of those polling places uh, with federal police and troops so that no one can enter, and now they're guarding the steel from now on. Yeah.
2: And the and, issue and Does that, uh, do you, do you see where I'm coming from? I, I totally do. So the issue becomes winning in 2024. That becomes the issue because that determines who the government is in 2028. And, and the, it's, it's the short-sightedness of not recognizing, not, it, Wayne Gretzky used to talk about the fact that, you know, what made him great? Other people skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck's going. The Republican party has skated, not, not even to where the puck is. The Republican party has skated behind the puck for the last, you know, 40, 50 years. At, at this point in time, if, in, in the precincts where we had that problem before, where they had, they had the Republican poll watchers like 50 yards away, well, they, they can't let that or stand.
1: Or the videos of them, you've seen them putting
2: paper on the windows yeah. so, they, so you can't see in. You, you, you can't let that stand because, first of all, as soon as the election is over, what have they been saying since? Oh, none of that happened. None of that happened, and 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 you're just trying to undermine democracy. Well, no, I'm I'm in reality, and I saw you rolling in bins of of ballots after you shut down the count, and it, everybody knows what happened, except the people that are in denial. So, I don't. But how do, want how do to we get through
1: it. that? How do you know? I mean, I, I.
2: there's going to have to be a more aggressive approach to uh, being face to face in in the vote counting process and not allowing our side there's no other way to say it to just be pushed around and as as as, you know they'd say in the culture and be punked we've just let ourselves be punked and we can't do it this time and is it going to get violent in some cases it might it might but they got to be preparing now i mean you can't wait and look to do something spontaneously on site. You have to have plans. Now, I hope they have armies of attorneys. I, I hope that in cities where they're able to do so, they're able to have marshals of some sort on site. And, and they, they need to do. I do mean, you trust you, federal marshals anymore? Well, no, I, I, don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't either, and I don't trust. And the I worked PI with agents. them for years. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen it change radically. Over the years so you think this
0: 2024 election it's going to be make or break for this country it's pivotal yeah.
2: because if if the left wins this time they're not letting it go because they're even now their their goal and their mindset is authoritarianism it, it's not democracy yes it's not, it is as much as they 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 squeal about democracy the democracy the democ- they're doing everything they can to dismantle the democracy did
1: you see where uh CNN didn't want to let the Vive- Ramaswamy on because he said he was a danger to the country? (laughs) (laughs) So who told us that they could decide? Yeah. And the fact Ramaswamy is, I mean – he's not a danger to the country
2: he's it's a very very thoughtful person you know he's a danger to the establishment yes he is he's a danger to the left he's a danger to the the media establishment Mm -hmm. because they're the ones that have they think they've been able to get away with just crafting a narrative for example what they did with the russia 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 thing for three and a half years blatantly told a lie for three and a half years. Knowing they were lying. Yes, knowing they were lying. Vivek comes along and just calls it like it is. So they they hate that. Anybody that comes and tells the truth, they hate it. It's like stoning the prophets, you know, anybody that tells the truth.
1: Mm. All right. Well, I think, yeah, it's uh, do you think they'll
2: attempt to assassinate Trump for the years out? Someone probably will. But it, it's just going to make him stronger. I don't think anyone's going to succeed in doing so. I mean, I don't think we're going to have a, a Kennedy-style, you know, was the FBI involved, was the CIA involved. I, I don't think it's going to go that far that fast. But someone's going to make an attempt, probably more than one attempt on his life. But it's going to make him stronger. You know, that's that's the thing. Everything they do makes him
1: stronger. Yep. Every time they indict him, every... Who is that lady we're, – we're about out of time. Who is the lady we had uh, – and there's so much to cover here uh, that I wish we had more time – but the the lady whose husband is in prison because of January 6th? Uh, i have to get her name, but yes. Uh, she was on with us a couple of weeks ago, Diz. I was a federal prosecutor for 25 years. I have never heard of the biased judges, the biased juries, the failure of due process, the lack of speedy trial. The housing of uh, defendants in cruel and inhuman conditions, mm-hmm. uh, the singling out of January 6th defendants for particularly heinous punishment as opposed to other prisoners, uh, I've never heard of anything like it in Sa- the federal Sarah, system. Sarah McAbee
0: is her name. Her husband Mac- was a sheriff's deputy in Williamson County. Wow. And,
1: and just terrible. I mean, truly Police state type okay. stuff. It's third world stuff. But it's here. Alright, Des Dickerson. We have enjoyed having you and I hope you will come back. I will. Uh, all right. I loved it. Alright, alright. Tomorrow folks, Mr. Yorks will be back. We hope. And uh, we'll see
0: you then.